If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 122 of Confessions of a Marketer, finding the right freelancers. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Nathan Hirsch is here to share some wisdom on finding the right freelancers. We'll have that in a moment. Next time, Philip Stutz will be in to discuss his new book, Fire Them Now, and maybe some politics. And coming soon, we'll have former SVP of Overstock.com, Jeff Atkinson, who's now founder and CEO of Huckabay on to talk about SEO and a lot more. Also planning episodes with Jeff Hahn, principal of Apron, an agency focused on marketing and PR in the food business, and Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson. So stay tuned. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T.org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. All right, on to Nathan Hirsch. If you're like me, over the course of your career, you've had to find freelancers every now and then. This is something Nathan Hirsch has figured out. He founded FreeUp to help people like you and me in search of freelancers. In our chat, we learn about Nathan's background and what brought him to start FreeUp. So let's get to it. Nathan, it's great to have you here on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Can you tell me about your background and what led you to found FreeUp? Yeah, so growing up, my parents were both teachers, and I always grew up with the mentality that I was going to go to school, get a real job, work for 30 years, retire, and that's what they did. They're retired now. They're traveling the world, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just knew at a young age that was not for me. My parents always used to make me have these summer internships, really summer jobs, working 40, 50 hours a week. All my friends were outside enjoying the summer, and I was inside learning customer service and sales and marketing. And I learned a ton, but I also learned that I just hated working for other people. And when it got time to go to college, I kind of looked at college as a, as a ticking clock. I had four years to, to start my own business. And if I didn't, I was going to go into the real world and get a job and, and never be able to look back and have bills to pay. So I started hustling. I started up a textbook business, taking that summer money and buying people's books at the end of the semester, selling them at the beginning of the semester. And 
competing with my school bookstore to the point where I got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's always nice. Exactly. And my parents being teachers, that, that obviously freaked me out. I, I didn't want to <laughs> get out of college. So I pivoted and I started selling on Amazon. And I had sold some books there. This was 2008, 2009. No one really knew what Amazon was. It was kind of this big bookstore that was turning, that was starting to sell other things. So I started experimenting with stuff I was familiar with, sporting equipment, outdoors equipment, video games, typical college guy stuff, right? And I just failed over and over and over. And it wasn't until I branched out of my comfort zone and found the baby product industry that my business really took off. So if you can imagine me as a 20-year-old college kid selling baby products on Amazon, that was me. And this business took off. I remember I sold over a million dollars in the first year or so. And my parents told me that I should probably pay taxes, right? (laughs) So I meet with an accountant. And the first thing that he asked me is, when are you going to hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged him off. Like, why would I do that? It's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. Pretty standard entrepreneurial excuses. And he just laughed in my face. And he said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season comes around the fourth quarter and I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets. My grades go down and I work my butt off to get to the other side. And when I do, I I think to myself, man, I I cannot let that happen again. I need to start hiring people. So I post a job on Facebook. I I know nothing about hiring. This guy in my business law class responds. He says, hey, I need a job. I don't even interview. I just hire him on the spot. Ends up being an unbelievable hire. He's hardworking. He's smart. He's been my business partner for eight plus years. So I hit a jackpot right from the beginning. And there I am as this punk 21-year-old thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job on Facebook. Someone shows up. You make more money. You get your time back. And I just proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire. Quickly learning that (laughs) college kids were very unreliable. No one who was 30 really wanted to work for me. And that's how I turned to the remote hiring world, out of necessity, the Upworks, the Fibers, and hired some okay people, some people that that are still with me today. But I always just hated the process of posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one. And I wanted something faster, something better, something that would pre-vet people for me that I could put in a request and they would fill it and I could get started same day. Something with great customer support on the back end in case I ran into issues and uh, no turnover protection because... Turnover is just a killer as an entrepreneur. So that's when I had the idea to, to build my own platform, Freea. So that's how I went from a broke college kid to starting selling books to baby products to eventually Freea. What do you do in your spare time? <laughs> well, I got two <laughs> awesome dogs that, that I adopted. So I spent a lot of time with them. There's a dog park outside of my house. I'm really into working out. I work out five days a week. That's how I kind of de-stress. I live with my amazing fiance. So we travel a lot. We got two trips coming up to Boston and New York. And I'm a big sports fan too. I'm a Yankee fan. The, the playoffs are, are coming up pretty hot. So I'm going to try to attend or at least watch as many games as possible. And yeah, I, I work a lot. Works pretty fun. Yeah, good. So as most of the people who listen to Confessions of a Marketer are marketers and they work in small and large companies. And I know as a marketer myself, we often struggle to find the right freelance help that we need. And how have you cracked that puzzle? For a while, I was hiring people just for skill, right? And I would hire someone with five, 10 years of experience. And three months later, it would blow up in my face. And I'd sit there wondering, 
how is that possible? They were so talented. And I realized that skill is just one part of the equation. Attitude and communication are the other two really important components. So for attitude, we vet people, well, let me back up. For skill, we don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10. They can be a 5 out of 10. They can be a 3 out of 10. What we care about is that they're honest about what they can and cannot do, and they're priced accordingly. So we put them through skill tests. Then we do attitude. So we do one-on-one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about what they do, people who are not just in it for the payments, people who, if they're a writer, they love being a writer as much as I love being an entrepreneur. We want people who don't get aggressive when things don't go their way because at the end of the day, not every client is rainbows and butterflies, as we both know. So we are <laughs> able to, to handle difficult situations and be the bigger man, the bigger woman. And then you got communication and communication is the core of everything. I mean, it doesn't matter what your attitude is. It doesn't matter what your skill is. If you and I can't communicate at a high level, it's not going to work out. So we have 15 pages of communication best practices all came from my years of experience working with freelancers. And we really look for that perfect trifecta. And once they're on the platform, that doesn't stop. We're very quick to remove people if they're taking on projects they can't do at a high level, if they're showing signs of bad attitude or if they're not communicating. Boy, communication is really important, isn't it? it? It's like a lesson that those of us in marketing and communications sometimes forget. Just talk with someone. Tell them where they stand. It's the key to business. I mean, dealing with a business partner, communication is the key to that. It's the key to relationships. I mean, my fiance, if her and I can't communicate, then that relationship's only going to go so far. And, and hiring people is really no different. You, you yeah. have to not only have strong communication, but establish what your communication channels are and not just have one of them. I, I've seen clients who struggle because they only use email and nothing else. Well, email is good if you are if you need someone to respond within a business day and get back to you. It's not great for having a meeting or a conversation. So use a Slack, use a Skype. And then there's also emergencies that come up. You can't expect people to be on email and Skype 24-7. So have a Viber or a text or a WhatsApp or a third method of communication. And that on the flip side, you don't want someone who's just blowing up your phone all the time when things aren't urgent. So establishing what those communication channels are and how to use each communication channel is incredibly important. The parameters of that relationship, I think, are very important, especially with freelancers who may be in completely different time zones than you are. Just establishing, you know, a good time to connect with each other, even if it means it's late for you or early for you, just so that it's a little more predictable. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when you have, I like to create check-in points. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, if, if I hire someone on a flexible schedule, it's like, all right, just check in with me once a week. It could be once a month. I mean, my agency that runs my Instagram, I don't really care when they work. As long as they get stuff done and, and I don't sure. have to wake up at 3 a.m. when I want to talk to them, then, <laughs> then it's cool with me. So just establishing all that stuff up front. Yeah. What kind of positions in marketing do you deal in uh, as far as freelancers are concerned? So I like to divide it into three different levels. You've got the followers, you've got the doers, and you've got the experts. And this really goes for anything. If you're, um, if you're hiring for Facebook ads or Google ads or content writing, I mean, the followers are five to 10 bucks an hour, non-US. They might have years of experience, but they're there to follow your systems, your processes. If you're a Facebook ad agency and you hire a follower from the Philippines that has years of Facebook ad experience, you can teach them how to do it your way. Yeah. Then you've got the doers, the specialists, the, the writers, the bookkeepers, the graphic designers, the video editors. You might use those people for certain parts in creating your Facebook ads, but they're not going to bring their own strategy to the table. They're doers. They do the same thing eight to 10 hours a day. 
And you're not teaching someone how to be a graphic designer either. And then you've got the experts, the high-level freelancers, consultants, agencies. If I'm running an e-commerce business, I don't know how to run Facebook ads. I could spend the next six months learning how to do it, but that's probably not a good use of my time. And I can't do that with every part of my business. So I want to hire an expert to hit the ground running that has their own system, their own processes in place. So it goes by the different levels. In terms of different skill sets, I mean, we have over 100 skill sets on the platform. From the customer service, the data, the product sourcing, the lead generation to the the graphic designers, video editors, bookkeepers, photographers, different types of social media, so specialists in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook groups. And then the high level, the the people who can create a marketing campaign, build a brand, do web development. So there's so many things that, that go into hiring in different levels. And these are real people. They don't always fit into perfect levels either. Yeah. What advice do you give freelancers and the people who hire them? Is there anything that you could impart to my listeners who may be about to hire a freelancer? For me, it's all about setting expectations. I think a lot of people miss that. And if you don't spend that extra little bit of time up front getting on the same page with someone, it's going to cost you so much time and energy down the line. So I think a lot of people, they'll do it on the phone and then it turns into a he said, she said, or they won't do it at all. And they don't understand that a freelancer might have 10 different clients and every client wants it done a different way. So you don't go, if you don't spend that extra time up front, it's going to cost you a lot of time and energy down the line. Yeah. I'm interested in your business too. How have you gone about marketing free up? And maybe tell me the story of of the creation of your, your, you were talking about your Instagram account, things like that, the promotional vehicles that you use for your business. Yeah. So I only use my own platform to hire people. <laughs> and for, <laughs> for, for day-to-day operations, I use VAs in the Philippines. I've got 40-ish of them. The, the three main teams are the recruitment team. We call them our success team, the billing team, and then our, our customer service team. So those are all VAs. We have systems, we have processes, they follow them. We have team leaders. Those people are awesome. When you move outside of the day-to-day, we use freelancers. We use agencies on our own platform. So for, for the freelancers, we have a, a group of creatives. So we've got the graphic designers, we've got the video editors, we've got people who, who are specialists for each channel. So I have a YouTube guy, I've got a podcast guy, I've got a, uh, an Instagram agency I use, I've got a, a Twitter agency I use. So it's really broken down and each one of those higher level people depending on what it is. So a lot of the agencies will have their own content people. Some of the people that, like my YouTube guy, will use the video editor and use the graphic designer to create thumbnails. And then we've got our blog writers. We've got a head of our blog. We've got different writers that we're just one of the many clients that that they write for. So it's really a combination of, just like I said before, of, of using those followers, but then also using those specialists and those experts, to the experts to create the strategy and the specialists to do their core competency inside that strategy so that it all works together very smoothly. Interesting. It's interesting how the confluence of technology and society has enabled the remote worker to not just be in, you know, 50 miles away from you, but to be thousands of miles away from you in a different country. Yeah, you've never before had as much flexibility as an entrepreneur as you do today. I mean, you can hire people from around the world at different price points, full-time, part-time, project-based. You can, yeah, I mean, you're not limited to your town and the towns around you anymore. You don't even need an office. I mean, I work and run the free up platform entirely remote. When in the history of the US or in the world could, could you do that besides the past 20, 25 years? So it's a pretty remarkable time. And if you're not taking advantage of the gig economy of the remote workforce, your competitors are, and you're kind of fighting an industry that's going in that direction. 
Yeah, too many people found companies with a misconception about how to hire people. And I think that's what you're, and it's interesting that you called your company free up because people need to be kind of freed up from that notion that you need to hire people the old fashioned way. Definitely. And I also don't think entrepreneurs value their time at the highest level that they should be. I mean, how many entrepreneurs do you know that are still doing those repetitive tasks that are they could outsource for five bucks an hour to the Philippines. Or I mentioned the, the extreme example too, where someone will try to master everything instead of just hiring because they don't realize that the opportunity cost versus the, the actual monetary cost. And, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, as they start to get bigger and change their mindset and, and maybe they, other things pop up in their life that are more important and they can't work 80 hours a week in their business anymore, they slowly start to figure that out. But I, I'm kind of here to hopefully help people figure that out earlier. Oh, this was great, Nathan. I really appreciate it. I think a lot of the listeners for the show will be interested to hear your point of view and the the way that you're building your business and, and the kinds of services you offer. So thanks for joining me on Confessions of a Marketer. Yeah, really appreciate it. And anyone, if they go to Facebook, they can join my Facebook group, Outsourcing Masters. And if you go to freeup.com with free ease, create a free account, get a $25 credit just for mentioning this podcast. All right, next time, Philip Stutz will be in to discuss his new book, Fire Them Now, and maybe some politics. So stay with us. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.